Okay, so our next speaker and the next session is on why making customer experiences personal is the way forward. And the speaker is Ethan. Uh, so before we move in, I would just like to uh, introduce Ethan. So he's the author of Rehumanize Your Business, Amazon's number one bestseller in business sales. He's also the chief evangelist of BombBomb. So before, uh, so yeah, Ethan, it's all up to you. You can share your screen, please. Super. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I will get going here. Very good. All right. So again, um, thank you so much for the setup. This is why making customer experiences personal is the best way forward and actually bridges a little bit in a lot of what Sam shared on personal branding uh, makes sense in this context. Uh, but before we get going, we need to agree a little bit on what customer experience is. So I host the customer experience podcast. I've asked dozens and dozens of leaders in a variety of roles, sales, marketing, and CS primarily, what customer experience means to them. And so some of the key themes that I've picked up over the past year or so of, of hosting the podcast is that the experience is formed by every single touch point someone has with you, your people, your brand, your product, your service, your telephone lines, your chat bot or your live chat, what you're like at a trade show. Every time someone interacts with you is a part of their experience and it forms feelings. So the experience lives as feelings and then they become thoughts and then they become stories. These stories are what our customers tell each other about us. They're what uh, they share in online reviews and customer testimonials. And so it is obviously a, a slightly abstract thing, but these are some of the ways that it becomes manifest, the, some of the ways that the, the experience lives. Customer experience is basically synonymous with brand experience. So the brand, your company's brand, is the promise you're making to your customers. And then the brand experience or customer experience is whether you actually deliver on that brand. It's where the promise meets fulfillment and you're either overperforming, performing at the level of promise, or you're underperforming. And the, and the bad news here is that your customer, or the good news, is that your customer gets to define whether or not you're honoring the promise. Their reality is the reality. Here's another reality. It's always happening. So if you're not thinking about brand experience or customer experience, it doesn't matter. It's still happening. People are forming feelings and thoughts and telling stories about what it's like to work with you all of the time, no matter what. So you can't ignore it. The rise in conversation around CX is being driven primarily by product parity and hyper competition in particular, and to a degree, customer control. And by product parity, what I mean is it's so easy and hyper competition, it's easier than ever to start a business. We have all the tools online, all of the content is out there. People that have built companies are producing podcasts and video series and writing books and a variety of other things about how they built their businesses. So it's easier than ever. There's so many SaaS products that allow us to build companies quickly and inexpensively. And any feature that you build is not a moat that you can use to protect your business that other companies can knock them off just as easily. And so then the point here is that your great differentiator over the long term term is the experience that you deliver 
for your customers. That is your differentiator, not your features and benefits. You need to obviously be at par there. You need to be at parity yourself. You can't be too far behind. But if people feel good about you and about the situation, that buys you grace when you're short in some other aspect of your business. Maybe you're priced higher, the feature set smaller, whatever. So in simplest terms, to boil all that down, the thing to remember here is, Customer experience is about how you make people feel. How do they feel about themselves? How do they feel about you? How do they feel about your team members? How do they feel about your product or service? How do they feel about their problem or their opportunity that brought them to you in the first place? Are they getting the impact they expected? It's all about feeling. So again, we need to make these experiences personal, we need to reflect ourselves, and we need to make sure people feel great about themselves through these experiences. My name is Ethan Butte. I'm Chief Evangelist at a software company called BombBomb. Again, I host the Customer Experience Podcast, and I'm the co-author of Rehumanize Your Business, How Personal Videos Accelerate Sales and Improve Customer Experience. And so video is a great way to do this, and we'll get into that in a minute, but I want to share with you a quote just to kind of double down on the feeling piece. This is Maya Angelou, of course, uh, author of 30 best-selling books, poetry, memoirs, and a variety of other things, and a wonderful civil rights activist. I've learned that people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. That feeling is the foundation for our thoughts and ultimately our behaviors. Here's another great quote. The deepest principle of human nature is a craving to be appreciated. This is William James, popularly known as the father of American psychology. And what he's getting at here isn't just that you should be thanking people all the time, although that's a very healthy habit for you and for other people, but that people want to be acknowledged. We need to be seen and heard and understood for who we are as individuals. That's the deepest principle of human nature. And so when you think about all of the messages that you're sending all day, every time you're clicking send or every time a machine is shooting out a, a message on your behalf, so much of that communication is faceless digital communication. It's not personal, it's not human, it doesn't help people feel seen and heard and appreciated. And so we need to get face-to-face -face more often again. Even in this period of, of physical distancing that so many of us are under, we need to get face-to-face -face because it provides us clearer communication. It's richer than text alone and even text and images because it has emotion, tone, pace, face, voice, personality, and all of these other things. Getting face-to-face -face is how we build human connection. There's a ton of science here. In addition, this is how we increase conversion. And by conversion, I'm not just talking about traditional sales and marketing conversions, although uh, using video to communicate and get face-to-face -face again can help you there. I'm talking about all the micro conversions that we all need all day, every day to be successful. Yes, I'll reply to your email. Yes, I'll return your phone call. Yes, I'll click through and fill out this survey. Yes, I will do you that favor. Yes, I will make that introduction. Yes, I will share my thoughts and opinions with you. These are all the micro yeses that we need to get to the macro yeses that constitute our success. And when I talk about video, I'm not just talking about live synchronous video like this that helps us overcome distance, right? We're all over the world right now, but we all had to be here at the exact same time, including me, to have this video experience. I'm also not talking so much about what I call marketing through video, lights, scripts, editing, 
drones, green screens, expense, expertise, et cetera, and all these other things that slow people down from using video every day. Uh, there's, an, there's something that all of us can participate in starting today. And I call that movement relationships through video. These are simple, casual, conversational, unscripted video messages that we record with our webcam or our smartphone typically and send to one or more other people at our convenience. And then they open it up and experience us in person when it's convenient for them. So in this way, it overcomes distance, but it also overcomes time. It is asynchronous. It's out of time. It works on convenience on both sides. In addition, we can all do it. We don't need any special equipment. We all have everything that we need. And so you have opportunities across the entire customer life cycle and across the entire employee life cycle to benefit from this style of communication. And so I won't go into this, but the left side is essentially inbound or outbound lead generation. The far right side is the positive growth loop, retention, expansion, expanded purchasing, referrals, online reviews, testimonials, and all of that. So every time you're clicking send or a machine is sending out a message on your behalf is an opportunity to make the experience more personal, more human, more clear, and more connecting. Uh, I've got so much more to share, but obviously this is a very compact timeline. And so if you want to send me an email, it's just ethan at bombbomb.com. I'll send you some links to some free guides that you can uh, learn a little bit more about that opportunity. Of course, I co-authored Rehumanize Your Business with, with my friend Steve. We go deep into the science behind this and some of the best practices. And if you want to learn more about this customer experience conversation, again, I'm talking with all kinds of folks. Uh, I just released one that has a very strong product marketing theme to it. I'm talking to sales. I'm talking to CS. I'm talking to leaders in a variety of roles. And you can learn more about that at bombbomb.com slash podcast. We believe in you. We believe you're better in person. We believe that when people say yes, they're saying yes to you to who you are, to the trust, rapport, and relationship that you've built. So we'd love to engage anyone that is curious to learn more. Amazing, Ethan. Thank you so much. Very nice presentation uh, and very informative as well. Uh, so we'll take up questions from here. Uh, we have a lot of them actually lined up. Uh, so how to incrementally change your old process to this new approach? Uh, really, there are a lot of different ways to do it. Specific to, specific to video in particular, I recommend starting with uh, one or two teams in particular. I think um, leadership and management is a great place, especially as we've all gone remote in our businesses. Some people were remote to start with, of course, but a lot of businesses have disbanded and gone out of the office. And so for a leader or a manager to be, be able to communicate with his or her team of eight people or 80 people or 800 people, video is a great way to do this where you don't need to call a meeting and everyone needs to drop what they're doing and all show up at the same time. The leader or manager can create this FaceTime and build that psychological proximity. So I like starting with leadership or management, two other groups that it makes a lot of sense for, obviously the sales team, including BDR, SDR roles, and the customer success team in general, including support. It's great to make people who are confused and frustrated who have put in support calls or support tickets or support requests to send videos back as a very winning play. And, uh, and of course, in account management and 
uh, customer success management types of roles, which are essentially sales roles uh, with some different nuances. Um, those are great places as well because there's a very strong relationship orientation in that role. Right. Uh, so the next question Ethan we have is building a personal customer experiences, uh, customer experience takes time, uh, which is the only thing that sales folks and entrepreneurs don't have. Would you agree? Um, you know, what, what I think this question gets at a little bit is something I call activity worship. Um, you know, I think there are a lot of people who feel like I need to make X number of this activity, Y number of that activity, and Z number of that activity. And if all of my metrics hold true, then I'll get to where I want to go if I honor these activities. And it's all fine, but what you're missing there is the idea that if you could move the, the uh, ratio on any of those activities, right? If I make X number of phone calls, I'm going to set Y number of appointments. If you just assume, what if I could lift that, that by five percentage points uh, or seven percentage points, all of a sudden the activity doesn't matter so much. We want to be focused on the outcomes. And so if we can be, it's this whole reason we focus on message and relevance and targeting in order to be more effective in our activities. And so what I would say is, by reaching out in a truly personal and truly human way, when people understand why you're reaching out, what the opportunity is, and you're starting to build trust and rapport simply by exposing your true self to them, like that's what we do as humans, we connect that way, uh, all of a sudden you'll start to see some of the ratios move and fewer activities will produce greater outcomes. And so, yeah, kinda, I mean, if you want a reason or an excuse not to participate in this idea, you can find one, whether it's that one or another one, but I would encourage you to challenge some of your assumptions and know that if you are in a relationship-based business at all, this is a massively winning play. Right, right. Uh, so the next question that we have, uh, Ethan, is organizations have silos, sales, marketing, product, et cetera. How do you manage this level of empathy for like a personal customer experience uh, happening across the silos? Um, you know, obviously the key to, to the silos is having more project-based cross-functional efforts uh, and getting people in relationship with one another. Uh, that's outside the bounds, really, of even the question. It's just kind of an obvious thing. If you want to break the silos down, you need to create some project orientation to solve known problems in the business, but to bring people cross-functionally together to solve them, simply by creating that exposure, you're going to open up more casual conversation and familiarity. Um, the other thing I would say is we need to celebrate wins. Like if we're looking to, to increase the empathy within our organization uh, in a way that our customers can feel and like, like manifestly properly feel, then uh, we need to live it internally as well. And so this kind of siloing, you know, this us and them stuff, it really needs to come down. Empathy starts from the inside out. And I think we need to live it, encourage it, practice it, tell success stories internally. Uh, and then it will start to become a natural consequence. Employee engagement, employee satisfaction is a necessary precursor to customer engagement and customer satisfaction. Right, right. Uh, so the next question that we have is, what would be the tech stack to enable this level of personal customer experience? Uh, gosh, I mean, there's so many ways you can go there and so many people tackle this differently. I think 
I, you know, I'm the kind of person who searches for a tool when the problem is very well known and defined. I would not go out and search for tech that's going to make your experience more personal. I would think of, I would analyze the experience that you have. I would talk with some of the key practitioners within your organization. I would do customer interviews. I would look for known and obvious points of friction, confusion, frustration. I would let those interviews and conversations with employees and customers highlight some of the hottest areas to start at. And, and as you try to remove the friction or make it better or make it more personal, like, hey, let's stop sending this kind of generic message here and let's you know, pick up the phone or let's schedule an appointment or let's send a video email or something else that will create a higher level of engagement and, and a personal touch. Uh, let's send a gift that's branded to the person, not to our company, right? These kinds of, you know, you might find places to do this and you might actually find that you do need tech to do it or you need tech to do it at scale, but I wouldn't look for tech to solve the problem. I would define the problem before you search for any tech at all. The exciting thing is that even for physical analog things like sending gifts or sending direct mail, you can hook that up to your database now and have it all be automatically triggered. It's, there's tons of awesome tech out there, uh, but I would define the problem before I spent one second evaluating tech, much less $1 investing in it. Right, right. Uh, I think Ethan will take the other questions up in the mail or something. I'll ask them to share the questions that we have because there are plenty of them and we need to move on to the next session. So I'll share those questions with you. Probably you can send me the answers for the same. Super. Sounds good. Thanks, Ethan. Thanks for joining us again. Sure. Thank, thank you for the opportunity. Great event. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hey, hope you liked the recording. Do check us out at Ampliss B2B Pinch for 11 more killer content. Also try out Ampliss Sales Buddy if you want to bring that next customer who is waiting for you.